Nadja, thank you so much for uh, joining us. No problem. I'm looking forward to um, the interview. The first question that we have for you is why are you seeking re-election, and could you uh, outline your vision for the future of Sullivan County? Sure. Um, I've been an elected official since 1999, uh, first in the town of Lumberland for eight years as a councilwoman and then um, six years as supervisor, and now uh, completing my eighth year as a legislator, my second term. Uh, I would like to go on to continue what we started. My vision is to put my efforts, as always, into making Sullivan County better. We have a housing crisis. We have an opioid crisis. We have people in need, and we're not addressing it. We are spinning our wheels constantly with this particular legislative body because they're so argumentative. Um, many of them have never been as elected officials, and I think that may be one of the problems. Uh, I come from um, a long time of being elected, so I know how government works, and I, I believe that that is uh, one of the stumbling blocks. So that is um, my intent to be reelected and to make Sullivan County better, to work for all of the residents of the county. My new district um, is all of Lumberland, all of Forestburg, which I had prior, and um, parts of Monticello, primarily the village, all the way up to the uh, racetrack and I believe up to the courthouse, uh, including the government building and um, the courthouse. So uh, these are the new district lines that I inherited with the redistricting, and I look forward to working with the other legislators that are elected in that particular town and village to make Monticello better as well. We have to invest our, our efforts into Monticello, making it safe, making it beautiful. Uh, it is the county seat. So that's my vision for now, unless something else comes up. All right. Thank you. So the next uh, question is about health care. Health care is a concern, you know, across the country. But here in our area, we're concerned about rural health care. What initiatives uh, are you proposing to ensure that residents in remote areas of our county have access to quality health care services? Well, health care is certainly uh, a big issue with me as well. It's a priority because I am a um, health care professional. Um, I currently teach in health care. And we have a very low rating, uh, 61 out of 62. We did improve a little bit, uh, but we do have to focus on our opioid crisis and housing. People cannot be living on the streets. They cannot be without food. We have um, a food insecurity as well. So in order to address health, it, it's, it's a holistic approach. You have to look at it holistically and approach various um, angles of it. Uh, we did have the legislative body had a conversation with Garnet Catskill. My fear was that it was going to close. Currently it is decreasing some of its services. My response to them is that we are not second-class citizens. We are not any different from Orange County. Orange County has a great deal of um, Healthcare resources, hospitals, doctors' offices. We do have Crystal Run. We do have Middletown Medical, but we have to invest in our hospital. We cannot be without a hospital or emergency care or urgent care. So I will continue 
my efforts into discussing with them that we have to prioritize our hospital and keep it open and keep open as many services as possible for our residents and not to continually decrease. It's also a source of employment, right? It's a place of employment. Um, we don't have enough healthcare professionals, but we can't just downsize. So now these folks are moving out of the area and getting employment elsewhere. The other thing I would invest in definitely is our adult care center. We went from a five-star to a one-star. What are we doing to our seniors? Uh, we need to take care of the seniors that cannot care for themselves, that don't have any other options. We need to look at ways of saving the adult care center and not just selling it off like the current legislator is attempting to do. So there are many, many things on my agenda um, another th issue that I would like to focus on is our youth. We have to get our youth early on and educate them about the evils of, of drug use and alcohol. Uh, and to end this um, vision of mine, it would be to pursue opening up, not myself, but of course the hospital and uh, other entities, into opening up more treatment beds. And not only treatment beds, but to support these people in treatment for a longer period of time. Do you think you that the... Just, you can't just have these people come out of rehab or treatment and then just um, wave them off and say, okay, you're better now. It doesn't work that way. Uh, so uh, while we're on that topic and acknowledging that Sullivan County currently has one of the highest opioid overdose rates in New York State, um, outside of New York City... Uh, do you think that the county is, is doing enough, taking sufficient action to address this issue? And if not, what additional measures um, do you think should be implemented? Um, our commissioner of um, DSS, our commissioner, John Little, uh, is doing the best that he can with the team that he has. We do have an opioid task force that has various pillars that work together into addressing this issue. Uh, we don't have a crystal ball. We don't have a magic bullet. Uh, it's going to take time. This evolved over time. It is going to take time. We've invested our opioid money that we've received through the settlement uh, with these pharmaceuticals into uh, various agencies and organizations that are going to uh, do better, but we have to wait for those outcomes. It, this is not going to happen overnight. Should we do more? Should we do better? Yes. We should get more money, uh, and we did through uh, the federal government. Senator Schumer was here, I believe, back in uh, August. Uh, so we're getting pots of money uh, through various entities. We need to invest them where they're going to count the best. Okay, thank you. Sullivan County relies heavily on tourism. It's still uh, the leading employer in, in our county uh, out of industries. How would you boost tourism while also keeping in mind the concerns of residents who may be impacted by increased visitor traffic? That's a, a multifaceted question. Okay, let me start with what we have. We currently have the Visitors Association, which is doing a bang-up job in getting tourism here, right? Uh, our, our taxes increased, our bed tax increased. I mean, they are doing a phenomenal job in marketing Sullivan County and bringing in tourists. I live on the western end in Lumberland, so under COVID, our um, whole area was inundated by people from 
various parts of, of the state. Well, I don't know if it's only the city, but uh, you couldn't drive down 97. It was so congested because people just wanted to recreate on the river. It's a good thing, but it was a bad thing because it was a hazard waiting to happen. So the western end, a little bit different from the eastern end, we need to invest more of, of our efforts in the west. Um, maybe more camping. Uh, we do have our liveries that are doing a great job in, in getting people up here. Uh, maybe more um, bed space in hotels or motels or camping. But this is something I'm going to leave up to the experts that know more about it than I do. I have a vision, but we need to talk about it and communicate so that my vision sort of coincides with what the Visitors Association uh, wants to do, as long as the Sullivan County Chamber. They're also doing a bang-up job, the partnership. We have agencies that are doing the best that they can for Sullivan, and we need to leave that expertise to them, but we need to have conversation. So that's one thing that I would focus on. Uh, along the lines of more rooms for folks, affordable housing is an issue. Oh. In fact, there's a scarcity of new affordable housing, especially for low-income families. Um, what could you do to ensure continued accessibility to housing for all residents in Sullivan County? Well, we do have a housing crisis, that is for sure. Um, the value of our homes, even our, the small cottages that we have here, has tripled, has skyrocketed. Uh, we know that. I see the numbers that come through to us uh, every month. Um, it's out of control. Interest rates are going up. People have the money from down the south end of New York City, right, New York, Long Island. They come up here. They pay cash. And they flip them into short-term rentals, which is fine. There's nothing wrong with them. However, they're taking the inventory um, off the market for our young people uh, or for people that want to come up here and, and get a job. Uh, I would I would work with the IDA, with the partnership, with any developer that wants to come in that has um, intent of building mixed-use housing or uh, a mix of low-income to moderate housing, workforce housing, identifying those places in various towns, not only on the eastern end, but also on the western end. And again, the western end is much different. We don't have the, um, the commerce that the eastern end does. I would be careful as to how much we could invest in housing here, although we do need it. But I definitely would be, would be talking and speaking with developers. And again, I would leave this to the experts in the field in our planning department as well, which is outstanding. Uh, into bringing in more housing. You already actually addressed in your opening statement acknowledging uh, that there's been a noticeable increase in public disagreement and infighting among the members of the legislature. As you look to the future, if you're reelected, what steps do you intend to take to address this issue and foster better cooperation among the legislators? Well, right now um, we have a 5-4 vote. There's nine legislators. So the current chair has, um, I don't know how, um, recruited four other people that will not deviate from him ever. So this is where the disagreement comes up. I feel like I don't have a voice for my constituents because it's always a 5-4 vote. We need to learn how to work together. And this is where prior government experience helps. If you don't know how to come to consensus, 
then you shouldn't be in, in politics. We need to come. Look, just look at what's happening in Washington. I mean, we're a microcosm of the macrocosm, right? Um, so we need to learn how to work together to understand each other's opinions. We all have our own opinions. We can learn to disagree, agree to disagree, right? But we need to work together for the betterment of the county residents, not just for ourselves. So I would, I would try to discuss with everybody that is elected in a new legislative body to see if we could work together. I don't work for my party. We need to leave party at the door. We need to come in and learn how to work with one another. Leave the party antics outside. That's what I would do. Hypothetical question. If you get reelected and Rob Doherty gets reelected, would you vote for him for chair? No, absolutely not. He has proven to be um, not able to work with other people. That is his MO. Um, I would look for somebody else to be chair. And, and as a matter of fact, when I was supervisor of Lumberland, I was the only Democrat in a Republican board, and we all got together. We got the job done. Politics has no place here. But with Rob, it seems that there's some kind of politics. I mean, look at the tape from yesterday. When I read the state report over the, the child's death, and not only Rob took offense, right? He seems to know the law better than I do, but the attorney did also, telling me not to pontificate. Rob told me not to politicize. This wasn't a political move. This was to bring the report out into the open. There needs to be transparency on the board, which we have not had since January of 20. In the beginning, it was because of COVID, because in March, everything virtually shut down because of COVID. But then after that, we needed to get back to reality and get back to working together, which has not happened. But no, Rob would not be my first choice. Okay. And finally, tell us why you think folks should vote for you over your opponent. Well, uh, again, uh, voting for somebody who's never had um, public office before, never been elected, um, we're entering a dangerous zone. We've seen it with, with Rob. Um, I have been in the political um, place for a very long time. I want to continue being uh, an elected official representing my constituents. I have proven myself to work for them, and I want to continue to do this. And again, I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with my opponent, not at all, um, but we have to look at everybody's experience and what we want to do in the future. Nadia Reich, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us. Thank you for having me.